Hello and welcome to another edition of Faith Fire Media. I'm outside again. Frank Mickens is with you. And listen, family, it's been a phenomenal time with the Lord and he is sharing whatever we are in, the things that he is doing among us. And he is separating right now. There is judgment happening. There is punishment happening. There is chastening happening. We should not despise the chastening of the Lord. It's all for our good. And we're going to talk about today the circumcision, the circumcision. And this is part one. There will be two parts. Stick around. I am Frank Mickens, your host of Faith Fire Media. I pray that God is discernibly blessing you. It's never a question of whether or not you're blessed. There's never a question of whether or not he is good. It's whether or not we're grateful, if we're receiving it, if we're aware of it. So I pray that you are discernibly seeing the goodness of God in your life right now. So we're outside. We uh, record and broadcast here in Greensboro, North Carolina, where there are parks galore. And I decided the Lord wanted me to do it outside. I heard that and I said, okay, let's take it outside. So this is another special edition of Faith Fire Media from the park, praise God. I thank God for the ability to have technology and uh, go mobile, it's fun. So today we're talking about the circumcision part one, the circumcision part one. And this is a ministry of Faith Fire Worldwide Revival Ministries and our our mantra is to fan the flame of revival around the world. And we do that in many ways. One of them is to broadcast revival. And that's what Faith Fire Media is about. And if you want to learn more about our ministry, we learn more about my calling, my assignment, my, my life, my family. You can go to faithfireworldwide.com. You can connect with us there. You can uh, join us in any capacity. You can join our prayer team. You can join our email newsletter to learn more about what the Lord is saying and what we're doing in terms of ministry. We actually are planning quite a few outreaches here in our area and also some outreach to the church to bring people together to pray for our country and pray for unity. And we have Desire Worship where we have people from all different backgrounds come together and worship the Lord to hear the Lord together without the walls of separation of denomination and theology and all of that kind of thing. So to learn more about all of that, go to faithfireworldwide.com. All right, so the circumcision, part one. So part one is, is the stuff that we really need to hear. God is in the midst of judging the priesthood, the leaders of the body of Christ. And all of us are subject to, to punishment, uh, dis discipline, I guess is a better word. We're all subject to discipline. The Lord has spoken to me about leaders and how uh, he's doing some, some separating right now between those who are circumcised and those who are uncircumcised. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But first, let's go to the word of God. And let's go to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 9, verses 25 and 26. Verses 25 and 26. In fact, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to back up to verse 24, which I love. It's becoming one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Jeremiah 9, and we're going to start at verse 24 because verse 24 is just chock full of love. It's chock full of God's heart, and I want you to hear it right now. And the word of the Lord begins in Jeremiah 9, 24, and it says, But let him who glories glory 
in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight. Wow. If we are to glory in anything, we are to glory in him. This is the purpose of life, to get your glory out of relationship with the Lord. We are a little lower than the angels. We are created in his image, but it's all for nothing if we don't find our glory, our satisfaction, our identity in him. And what does he say about himself? That he exercises or that he executes or does three things, loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness. So we can't separate judgment from who he is. We can't separate righteousness, which is right standing with God, obeying the Lord, obeying his ways and principles and statutes and thoughts. We can't separate those things from who he is just as much as we can't separate him from his love. And so we can be off kilter if we overemphasize his loving kindness, his patience, his mercy, his grace. And we overemphasize that over the fact that he does bring justice, that he does avenge those who we have hurt because they're his children too. And we can't take away the fact that his word endures forever. We cannot go about our lives in an unrighteous manner and there be no consequences because his heart, his character is righteousness. So that's the reason why you're alive. All of us to know him, to get glory out of your relationship with him in knowing him. I know it's hard for me so often because I can't find words. It's inexpressible how important it is for me to to get across to you that you can know God. And it's inexpressible for me to teach you how to do it because it's a mystery. He draws near to those who draw near to him. He heals the brokenhearted. He's near the brokenhearted. He came to give you life and life more abundantly. He said he'll never leave you nor forsake you, which means he never neglects you. He said, I won't leave you comfortless, which means you are not an orphan. You have a father in heaven. He wants you to know him as father. Our spirits cry out, Abba, Father. We're adopted sons and daughters. He wants you to be in him and close to him and in fellowship with him in ways that are inexpressible and unsearchable. The depths of the riches of the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are your judgments and your ways past finding out. He is so past finding out that we'll spend eternity in his presence and never get bored. 700,000 trillion years from now, we'll be in the glory of God and it'll be like the first moment you got there. He's that deep. But you're invited into a pre uh, precursor or a preview of that now through the Jesus move, through what Jesus did. He broke the wall of separation. The veil was torn. You're now able to go into the Holy of Holies every day and see him and be ministered to through the Holy Spirit. But what if you don't? If you don't, glory in him. You're getting your glory from somewhere else. And that's why we're talking about the circumcision. We're going to teach on circumcision next week. But I want to get this word to you about the heart of the Father for this hour and how he is judging leaders. More than us or more than anyone, leaders are called to know God because they're teaching. They're teaching you God. And so if they don't know him and they're teaching you, they're teaching you wrong, which means they're presenting stumbling blocks, which means they're offensive to the Lord, which means that they will reap their reward. 
And it's really time for all of us to do some very consistent self-inspection. The Bible says to us that we should walk circumspectly, that we should have a 360 degree idea of who we are at any given time and be aware of our need for him. So let's go to Jeremiah 9, 25 and 26. We just talked about how we are to glory in him, to know him, that he is the one who exercises loving kindness, justice and righteousness in the earth, because in these he delights. It's his delight to be who he is. He's totally satisfied with who he is. A God of loving kindness, righteousness and justice. And he wants us to know him. But if we don't, let's read verse 25. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. And I believe these days are here that I will punish all those who are circumcised with the circumcised. Wait a minute. He's going to treat those who are circumcised the same as those who are not. So let's delve into this a little bit. Those who are uncircumcised are those who have no privilege, no right, no inheritance, no access to God, to his blessings, to who he is. They are cast out. So he's saying here, the, the days are coming where he's going to treat people who are cast out the same as the people who think they are in the family of God. Why? He's a God who exercises righteousness and loving kindness and justice. He goes on to talk about the types of uncircumcised or unrighteous people that he's going to bring judgment to. Egypt, Judah, Edom, the people of Ammon, Moab, and all who are in the farthest corners who dwell in the wilderness. For all these nations are uncircumcised and all the house of Israel are uncircumcised in the heart. Did you notice that Egypt was next to Judah? So he is such a God of justice that even those who express faith in him, if they don't have fruit, if they don't actually know him, if they don't make him priority. In fact, he is in no way a priority. And they're just living their lives based on their talents and gifts and natural abilities. And there's no surrender, no sacrifice. He's going to treat them no differently than those who are in Egypt, which is a land of bondage. He allowed them to be in bondage. He judged Egypt with 10 plagues. He wiped out their leader. He wiped out their army. And he's saying there's a time coming when those who think they love God, who really don't, are going to be treated as they are. Those who are uncircumcised in the heart. Uncircumcised in the heart. So the Lord is punishing those of us who are in the faith who are not circumcised in heart. There are things about us that the Lord will not allow. And if you have access to truth, but you don't walk in it and you don't want to, you will be cast out of the blessings of God. Now, this is stuff that we're not taught. We're taught grace, 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 grace. But he's a God who exercises loving kindness, justice and righteousness. I'm not going to talk about the things that have come out lately. But I'll give you an example of something the Lord has shown me in my dreams. The spirit of mammon in the church. And how money controls how some churches operate. And let's let's flesh that out a little bit. Tithes and offerings. So I'm going to preach something that doesn't offend you enough that you won't tithe. 
That's not biblical. We're told, Ezekiel was told to correct the righteous and the unrighteous. And if not, the blood is on his hands. I love God. I could smile when I talk about this stuff because he's good. All of these things are good. He doesn't punish us to cast us out forever. He punishes us and allows us to eat the fruit of our deeds so that we'll choose to come back to him. Come on, y'all. He's a redemptive God. So I'm not a doom and gloom guy. No, that's not me. I know him too well. I know him too well. And I know him as a God who chastises. I don't despise the chastening of the Lord because I have learned that repentance is good. What did Jesus come preaching? Repentance for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of God is near. The message hasn't changed. When Jesus ascended, he didn't change his message to grace, grace, grace. The message still is repent. Turn to me. Let me renew your mind. Make me your rock, your foundation, your strength, your fortress, your shield. Let us read Deuteronomy 30 and 6. He's punishing those who are in the faith but not circumcised in heart. So then there's an invitation to awaken to why you're being punished and receive the love of God that transforms and renews and pays you back. He will give you beauty for ashes. You will sow in tears and reap in joy. It is good that I was afflicted. I might learn your statutes. You come into a greater knowing of him. How do you know him as Jehovah Rapha, the healer, if you never need healing? How do you know him as Je Jehovah Nisi if you never need him in that area? Jehovah Jireh, your provider, if you never need him, how would you know him as your provider? Everything he does is to reveal himself to you, even punishment. Deuteronomy 30 and 6. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants. Stop. He's talking to the people of Israel and he's saying not only will he circumcise your heart. They're in the wilderness. Deuteronomy, they're in the wilderness. He's circumcising their heart through transgressions. Bringing them to him. Oh, we want to go back and eat the onions and the leeks of Egypt. They wanted to go back to bondage. He's like, no, you have me. I'm teaching you don't need that stuff. You need me. Your heart still is not circumcised. It's not flesh. It's hard. You believe the kingdom of this world is actually just as good, if not better than the kingdom of God. And I got to teach you. I am. I am. I am the existing one. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. There's one God. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And get this, that you may live. So if I'm living with an uncircumcised heart, I'm not really living. I'm not experiencing the life of abundance that Jesus said he has for me. I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. He wants to give you the Zoe the abundant life that is all encompassing it's life in your soul body and spirit hamashe glory to god so let's go to ezekiel chapter 44 and i'm going to wrap this up and we'll have to to do um teaching two week two next week ezekiel 44 i love this scripture i love ezekiel and how the lord showed him the state of the temple which is the body of christ in our new testament context the temple is the body of christ he didn't need a temple made with hands. Remember he told David that? He says, I don't need a temple. 
He was telling David, I need a temple, but not this one. This is not the temple that I need made with hands. I need the temple that's made by my spirit. Oh, the body of Christ. Come on. <laughs> he's sifting right now and he's dividing those of us who have his heart from those who do not. So those who have his heart are those that are going to bear fruit. But he wants us all to bear fruit. So he's going to bring hardship. He's going to allow things in this shaking we're in. He's going to show you if you love politics more than him. He's going to show you if you love your religious tradition more than him. He's going to show you if you love a person of a certain skin darkness more than him. And I'm not just talking about white and black. Black folks can love black folks more than they love white folks. That's unbiblical. And so I'm not here to point finger at white people. OK, because I am African-American. I want you to hear me. In fact, God doesn't call me black. And he doesn't call you white. He calls me son. But that's not where we're here today. During the shaking, he's going to show you if you listen more to QAnon than Jesus. If you listen more to Alex Jones than Jesus, if you listen more to the Tea Party than Jesus, if you listen more to, Demo to Democrats than Jesus, if you are not willing to divest yourself of your politics for Jesus, he's going to show you. And he's going to bring conditions that are opportunities for you to have your heart circumcised. He says in Deuteronomy 30 and 6, the Lord will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants. We're his descendants. He's, that's his work. That's his work for you to believe him, to walk with him, to live in him and not your politics, not your tradition, not the way you see people who are poor or rich, not the way you see people who are white or brown, not the way that you see people that live in a certain neighborhood. All of that, all of those walls of separation were demolished in Christ. We are to be one, speaking the same thing, having one mind, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one spirit of God. And we're not there yet, but we'll get there because the, the bride's going to be spotless when Jesus returns. Amen. So let's go to Ezekiel 44 and we're going to begin at verse four. And I'm going to I'm going to really dig into this. So I'm going to ask you to listen to the word of God. This is where we are in this season as God is chastening us who think we're circumcised, but we're not. What did he say to the church in Revelation. He says, you think you are rich, but you are poor. These are people who are in church. They have a lampstand that is before the Lord. And he's saying, you got a problem. Another church, he says, you've allowed the spirit of Jezebel to come in. He doesn't leave us there. He comes and shows us the truth. He is a God of righteousness and justice just as much as he's a God of loving kindness because to be a loving and kind God, he's got to tell you the truth and he's got to give you opportunity after opportunity to come out of a lie and into him, which is truth. In verse four, Ezekiel 44, I'm loving this teaching, Lord. Also, he brought me by way of the north gate to the front of the temple. So here's the prophet at the front of the temple, the body of Christ. So I looked and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord and I fell on my face. And the Lord said to me, son of man, mark well, see with your eyes and hear with your ears all that I say to you concerning all the ordinances of the house of the Lord and all its laws. Mark well who may enter the house and all who go out from the sanctuary. So to be in the body of Christ, there are laws. You can be illegal in the faith. You could be breaking laws and be a criminal in the way you live your life. And there's a time the Lord visits iniquity. So here he is inspecting. Verse six, now say to the rebellious. So this is someone who's uncircumcised in heart. 
Say to the rebellious, to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, O house of Israel, let us have no more of all your abominations. An abomination is something that is repulsive to God. It disgusts him. So he's visiting us to show us what disgusts him. When you brought in foreigners, uncircumcised in heart and uncircumcised in flesh to be in my sanctuary, to defile it, my house, and when you offered my food, the fat and the blood, then they broke my covenant because all of your abominations, because of all of your abominations. Come on, verse eight. And you have not kept charge of my holy things, but you have set others to keep charge of my sanctuary for you. Some of us have literally allowed the world to tell us how the church should be. Oh, it's not love if you say homosexuality is a sin. Well, we can't allow that foreign lie into the body of Christ. It's happening. We've got people marrying same-sex couples. Marriage cannot be same-sex. It doesn't even fit the definition. It's a covenant with God, and God doesn't honor that covenant. So it's not marriage. But I'm giving you a couple of examples of what God is doing in this hour. Verse 9, thus says the Lord God, no foreigner uncircumcised in heart or uncircumcised in flesh shall enter my sanctuary, including any foreigner he is a, who is among the children of Israel. So here's the deal. God's saying time come. There is a time that comes when he says enough is enough and no longer will you have access to my presence. You will be spiritless. You will not have uh, access to my spirit. They will not enter my sanctuary. Those who are what? Uncircumcised in spirit in flesh or heart. Verse 10, and the Levites who went far from me, the leaders, when Israel went astray, who strayed away from me after their idols, they shall bear their iniquity. So as people are falling away and, and leaders are going with them, they're going to bear their iniquity. Verse 11, yet they shall be ministers in my sanctuary as gatekeepers of the house and ministers of the house. They shall slay the burnt offering and the sacrifice for the people, and they shall stand before them to minister to them. So even in the chastening and the discipline and the way the Lord, the Lord is saying they will not have access to my spirit, he's still going to let them do the work of ministry because people who don't know better are going to need ministry. This is the love of God. Verse 12, because they ministered to them before their idols and caused the house of Israel to fall into iniquity. Therefore, I have raised my hand in an oath against them. Wow, an oath. He vows this. Listen to this. Says the Lord God, they shall bear their iniquity. What we sow, we will reap. God is not mocked. Man, we need to be praying for mercy. And they shall not come near me to minister to me as priests. So they won't come near him so they can minister to the people and do all the things. But he's not going to let them come near him anymore. Man, nor come near any of my holy things, nor into the most holy place. They can't enter into the presence, but they shall bear their shame and their abominations with they, which they have committed. Verse 14 in Ezekiel 44. Nevertheless, I will make them keep charge of the temple for all its work and for all that has to be done in it. So he's not going to throw away the access for people to come to him, but he's going to allow the leaders to be cast out of his presence. Where do I go from here, Lord? Verse 15, but the priests, the Levites, the son of Zadok, who kept charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray from me. These are the righteous 
the circumcised of heart, they shall come near me to minister to me and they shall stand before me to offer to me the fat and the blood, says the Lord God. They shall enter my sanctuary and they shall come near my table to minister to me and they shall keep my charge. So those who are circumcised at heart are called to come near. Amen. And verse 17, and it shall be whenever they enter the gates of the inner court that they shall put on linen garments. No wool shall come upon them while they minister within the gates of the inner court or within the house, which means they should not exert sweat or effort. It should be spirit led ministry. They shall have linen turbans on their heads and linen trousers on their bodies. They shall not clothe themselves with anything that causes sweat. Verse 19, when they go out to the outer court, to the outer court, to the people. They shall take off their garments in which they have ministered, leave them in the holy chambers and put on other garments. And in their holy garments, they shall they shall not sanctify the people. So there's a, a special relationship reserved just for the leaders that they don't have to give to other people. He is their portion first. And then in verse 23. No, I'll start at verse 21. No priest shall drink wine when he enters the inner court. They shall not take as a wife a widow or a divorced woman, but take virgins of the descendants of the house of Israel or widows of priests. And they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the unholy and cause them to discern between the unclean and clean. Verse 24, in controversy, they shall stand as judges. All the controversy in the land, the church is supposed to stand as a judge, not CNN, not Fox News. They shall keep my laws and my statutes in all my appointed meetings and they shall hallow my Sabbaths. The priesthood, the people of God, the leaders of God are supposed to be the arbiters of morality in the earth. We are not to follow the earth. We are to lead the earth. We are to say this is what the law says. And those who have not done that, the Lord is removing his presence the power of his presence. They're still going to minister. People are going to still get ministry. They're going to be able to come near, but not the leaders. This is where we are. The shaking is the opportunity for people to see where they are with God. Are you building your house on the rock? In verse 28, it shall be in regard to their inheritance that I am their inheritance. You shall give them no possession in Israel for I am their possession. This is the sifting of the body. Those who are serving God, which is really all of us, should be serving him and worshiping him in spirit and in truth. He's calling you to another level of service. He's calling you not to seek leadership outside of him. Oh, see, this is where a lot of us are going to need to pray. We are not to seek leadership from the GOP or the Democrats. I'm, I'm telling you, we just saw the leaking of the Supreme Court uh, ruling on Roe v. Wade. And I guarantee you there are people that were demonstrating for, for pro-choice who are churchgoers because they're being taught in church that the law of God says it's okay to end a life before it starts. He's visiting iniquity. He says they will bear their iniquity. So this is what we do, people of God. First, we inspect. Where am I, Lord? Am I one of these people that has a mixture? I don't set my heart on things above, but I'm setting my heart on things that are of the earth. Am I one of those people? Is the answer yes? Well, then we need to repent. We need to go into repentance mode. We need to fast and pray. Show me who I am, God. Are you willing to fast and pray? Do you want the Lord to sift you? and show you who you are and try your reins. He says he's going to give you 
according to your deeds. He's going to do it. So you might as well learn from it and you might as well move forward. The Bible says the word in the Greek for sheep, so you're a sheep, actually comes from a word that means to go forward, to walk forward. So as a sheep, you're meant to go forward. You're not meant to go backward. You're, you're meant, your trajectory should always be forward. You should not be eating your vomit. You should not uh, return to your former lusts. Come on, somebody. We should be moving forward. I praise God for you. After you do the self-inspection and the Lord shows you where you are, do the work. And the work is simple. Surrender. 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 This is all for your good. All things work together for the good of those who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. But what happens when I don't find myself among the called? When I don't find myself among those who love God? We see it. We don't know his presence. A lot of people don't even know what the presence of God feels like. They've never experienced it because they've never loved him. And they've lived in a dead church. They've been uh, walking zombies, even in ministry, pastors, uh, people who are leading in church. They never have come in contact with the true and living God because they are living a intellectual faith. It's not a relational faith. And they have no interest in a relational faith because when they see people who have a relational faith, they think those people are crazy. They're, they don't have an open heart to it. Spiritual things are spiritually discerned. If you have Holy Spirit, you are supposed to be able to discern something that is of his spirit. And so when you see people who have a loving, romantic, powerfully passionate, surrendered relationship with the Lord, that should bear witness to your spirit. If it doesn't, something is wrong. There's a hardness of heart. You're not circumcised in heart. And God's shaking all things so that we could come to the desire of the nations. Haggai chapter 2 verse 7. He is bringing his glory into the earth for you to receive it. He wants you to glory in this, that you know him and understand him. That he is a God who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness. For in these he delights. I pray that you get to know him better. Faithfireworldwide.com is where you can find us. I'm going to pray for you and then we're going to... Um, See you next week for part two. Father, in the name of the Lord, we come to you as our daddy. <laughs> Abba, Father, you're a good dad. You say don't despise the chastening of the Lord, that you deal with us as sons. Your word says that we should not spare the rod. You said that we should raise our children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And so that's how you raise us in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. You want us to have a healthy fear, a respect, a reverence. We want to put you above us. We're not God. You are. We are lower. We are below you. We are submitted to you. We are humbled before you because your love is so good. It's not oppressive to be humbled by you. And so as you chasten us, as you punish us, as you judge, God, we pray for great mercy. I pray as David prayed. When you came to him after he made a census and he gave, he, you gave him a choice. He said, I pray to be in the hands of the Lord instead of my enemies. We pray to be in your hands as you chasten us, God. Use us, consuming fire, burn away all that is not like you. We put ourselves continually on the altar. The burnt offering is continual in the Old Testament. We stay on the altar. And where we have gotten up and gotten off the altar, we come back. Come on. We come to you. 
in the name of Jesus, amen. Listen, this is revival. What people forget is when the, when the Lord says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, he's asking you first to hear him. People who are called by my name, do you know his call? Then you're supposed to seek his face. Turn from your wicked ways. That is life in the spirit. There's no fear in love because perfect love, perfect love casts out fear. He loves you. I love you. I pray that uh, this message touches you and brings you to a deeper level of commitment and surrender to the Lord where there is life and life more abundantly. We'll see you next week. Praise the Lord. Thank you.